0: Guys, and welcome back. Fantasy foreplay, where you can't come first without a little foreplay. I'm your host, Car Booker, as usual. I have the BDJ and the Wandered himself. How are you guys doing today?
1: I'm doing absolutely wonderful today.
0: Cool. cool. I feel the same way. So, so honestly, excitement. Today, um, for the past two days basically since the draft. Well, for starters, the day after the draft, I was horribly hungover and I had to drive to Dallas on two hours of sleep and it's all Lionel's fault because he likes to party a little too hard. And maybe we got a little <laughs> too excited about our teams. The celebration got out of hand. I couldn't believe that I got Delvin cook and Kenyon Drake. Um, and you know, hence more shots and, um, other total substances. Uh, anyway, the longest 48 hours of the NFL preseason are upon us as we wait for Thursday night football. Until then, today we're going to be recapping a little bit of what went down in the draft. So I wanted to start uh, obviously going into the draft we knew who you guys were getting. Um, I wanted to get your guys' takes on here, especially you, Juan, because I haven't heard it. What did you think about my trade when I chose to move from the seven to the 11 and pick up an extra fourth round pick? Um, I liked it from your perspective.
2: Like I was like, yeah, that's a very Renee move. I figured my thought was that you were banking on a layer falling that far, fall, that far, just because he's a rookie. Not a lot of people have seen him playing college. You know, I think we've all heard about the hype, but, I would venture to say that at least half of the league hasn't seen him play at all. Right. So I thought you were going to bank on him falling to the 11th spot. And I was like, you know what? He might. So
0: I, thought I understood. I, I was hoping, yeah. but um, I had a feeling that Jello wanted a layer and that's why he, mm. he was willing. Cause I figured if, if he wanted one, you know, someone, some other first rounder, he wouldn't have traded up four spots. But, um, you know, I knew that Allaire would fall there. So I wasn't too surprised when he took him. I was very surprised when Delvin Cook fell to me all the way at the 11th spot. Oh, I was yeah. very surprised because I actually, without the contract situation, without all that, I actually had Delvin Cook ranked higher than Clyde Edwards Allaire, and I didn't think that he would fall to me at all. So I was actually I think- really happy about it.
2: I do think that spooked some people off, right? Like, that's my theory, at least. Um, nonetheless, the first round was crazy already, <laughs> and then the draft just got crazier from there. Yeah. But I, my guess, like, to m- to move up to the seventh was he was probably thinking Camara. Like, if you would have just... After I saw it, that was my guess. Like, maybe I can get Camara. maybe I can get Henry, one of those two. Uh,
0: yeah. I really nonetheless... I really like I th- where pretty much everyone draft or what everyone drafted in the first round. I do think there were a couple of reaches um, in the first round, but I was very happy about that because that's the reason why I got Kenyon Drake in the second. So I'm, <laughs> I'm super happy about it. Cause that was my second round target. Um, gotcha. So I was very, I, you know, this draft, I went into it with a plan. I had an idea of which players I wanted more, you know, more or less where. And I will say this, Credit to everybody on the draft this year. You can tell people really did their homework. I got sniped at one point or another, literally by every single team. And that's not a joke. Mm. Like at one point or another, they took my pick. And the good thing is, you know, that's why, you know, what we talked about last time is you have to have that plan where if your guy gets taken in a certain round, you got to have a second, a third, a fourth guy that you're willing to take there. Uh, And I ended up getting... A lot of the main players that I wanted, you know, this offseason, I harped a lot about Kenyon Drake, uh, DJ Moore, uh, Hayden Hurst, all guys that I really wanted on my squad. I'm very happy to get them. I'm happy I got Jonathan Taylor. I think, you know, most people probably thought it was a reach in the third round, but I think at the end of the season, it would have been worth it, especially considering like right now, because he's my third RB, I don't have to start him. You know, if, if it pans out, he's my flex option in the future. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I like that position. But I'm gonna ask each one of you guys who was your favorite pick from your draft and why? <clears throat> what do you guys wanna start?
1: Um I guess will uh, can go because he was in the second pick.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. Well I guess the obvious answer is Saquon, but like, I already knew I had Saquon. So that,
0: that I feel like outside of that, that shouldn't count. I feel like Saquon Um, and Zeke were givens. So I I feel like that it's kind of a cheating answer. You guys got to answer. No, no, no. So
2: I have been high on Eckler, um, higher than both of you. I know we've, we've talked about that before. And when he was there and like, I had literally, he, I had a list of players I was willing to take per round. He was nowhere near on my second round or third round pick. Like, there was no world where I fathomed he would be available. So when I had the chance to take him, I was ecstatic. I'm like, that was, I was so happy with that. So that's probably the one that I'm happiest with.
0: He's a perfect running back to pair with someone like Saquon. And, and let me tell you why. Eckler has all the upside. The only thing that he might not have is uh, the carries, right? He's going to have a lot of carries, but I think his usage is probably going to be something more akin to like what Alvin Kamara gets, where it's like, 80 receptions, 180 carries. You know, not something crazy on on the ground. But the question is his efficiency. And he's shown in the past that like he can be that efficient um, like a Camara. I'm excited to see what – I can see why he fell to the end of the second. You know, he's not – people don't really see that when they see the name Eckler. But I will tell you this. He's not sexy. But he is one of my favorite picks uh, in in DFS this week. The Bengals – and this is just a heads up for you. I mean, you're going to start your second pick no matter what anyway. But uh, the Bengals last year, and again, how much weight do you put on stats from last year? This offseason is very different, lots of changes or whatever. But last year, they were the worst team against the run. Uh, and you know, with Tyrod Taylor there, with all these changes, I think they're going to rely heavily on Eckler. Um, I think he's going to have a very big week one. I think he could finish in the top five week one. So I think it's a major advantage to have him. You, that Saquon, um, Saquon Eckler start. Very solid. So I, I can see why that's your favorite pick. Lionel, who was who yours?
1: Yeah, so I had the third pick. So Ezekiel Elliott is obviously my favorite. I know anybody can say their first round pick is their favorite first round pick, but I think I have the best one. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so I'd say Mark Andrews and Stefan Diggs. So five and six. Um, I like Mark Andrews. And one of the reasons is in the second round, three tight ends had already gone. <laughs> so getting a good tight end, I feel four or five rounds late, later that I think is top five, uh, mm-hmm. is a top five tight end. Then I'm cool with that. Like
0: I, actually, I was able to
1: get a lot more better picks like at that time, at that point.
0: I think with the way that the draft fell, you have a very solid point because in my opinion, Andrews, um, there's an argument to be made that he is a more reliable pick than Zach Ertz just because of the offense he's on. He's arguably the number one receiving option for his team like Zach Ertz is also. Um, but again, it comes down to he he has more of a target share when it comes to that offense, just because it's, it's him. He gets all of the medium to short um, targets from a very high powered offense. I think in the fifth round Considering that George Kittle, Zach Ertz, and Travis Kelsey all went in the second round, it yeah, is pretty impressive ridic- that you got Mark the fifth.
1: Ridiculous and yeah. early first, like early first, like first, and then first pick in the second round.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, so my my personally my favorite pick. Um, I I honestly I fucking I I really love my draft. I'm not gonna lie, but my favorite pick. <laughs> My favorite pick is probably Adam Thielen. And the reason being is he wasn't one of the main, main targets on my draft board, but I knew, like, the, the, the wide receiver that I wanted in the fourth round was DJ Moore. But there's questions around DJ Moore, just because, you know, it's a new quarterback, new system, and I think that he's going to step into the role very nicely. I actually have him ranked as my number eight wide receiver coming into, into this season. So I have him ranked ahead of Adam Thielen, but Adam Thielen is essentially Devante Adams just for the Vikings, right? With, he's the only guy there. He's going to have a lot of targets. And the only reason I got Adam Thielen was because I did that trade, um, you know, moving back and it ended up, you know, not hurting me. So I ended up getting Delvin Cook and Adam Thielen there. Uh, And having Adam Thielen there makes me very comfortable with my wide receiver core. Uh, I knew I wanted to leave I, my goal was to leave the first three rounds with the running back, so I was kind of nervous to see which wide receivers would still be available. I was very happy to get adam thielen and d j Moore as my starting wide receivers in the fourth round. That was personally my favorite pick from you guys i'm gonna i'm gonna say my favorite picks that you guys made. Um, Lionel, my favorite pick of yours was. When you first made the pick, it was Marquise Brown in the seventh, because I actually think that's a good value. I think he's a player that could seriously take a step forward. But now, with the news that's coming out about Debo that he might actually play week one, I think oh. getting oh, Debo, Debo. Sabial at the 11th round uh, is a steal. steal. And, yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's one of those picks that was risky. You didn't know if, you know, how long it was going to be. We were talking about this last week
1: he fell too far. He fell way too far. I was like, no, but now, like yeah, I have to, I was yeah. like, I have to like, no matter what I want at this point, there's nothing like that provides more value than this.
0: Look, we talked about it last week. Um, if Debo hadn't been injured, he would have been a fourth, fifth round pick. He would have been, he would have been up there with AJ Brown. Um, and if that is the case, cause the, the receiver that I actually have a question about on your team is Stefan Diggs, just because, um, it's more of a rushing offense. Josh Allen's not the most accurate. He's the, actually the, the worst, uh, at accuracy and deep passing in the NFL. So there's a little nervous, you know, I'm a little nervous about that, but getting Debo Samuel that late, um, it's just such a steal in the 11 and then Juan, my favorite pick of yours was in the ninth round. Um, Deontay Johnson. I am really high on Deontay Johnson this year. I actually think, uh, with the roles that they have and the attention that Juju is going to garner and, you know, if Big Ben can stay healthy, I think uh, he could really do something special this year. And I think he's snuck by a lot of people. Um, honorable mention, I'm, I'm very happy I got Jerry Judy. Very happy I got Jerry Judy his rookie year.
2: Yeah. Um, he's someone that, like, I would I would have gotten him if he fell, like, if he was there in a 10th, right? But... Ninth is like a good spot to get him. I just feel like with that offense, I'm not. I'm. I don't know how much of the target share he's going to have right away. But that's I like gambled. a
0: gamble. I gamble yeah. because the play the player that I wanted in the ninth was Hayden Hurst. But I looked at the teams that were still available, and everyone had pretty much taken a, a tight end already. Um, and also I don't think you know the the teams that were. On that <laughs> it was side me and you. That, yeah, but- we said. But it wasn't going that direction. It was going the other direction, right? So I didn't have to worry about you. Had to no, worry yeah, about I half of the drive. I just meant like everyone had a
2: tight end, but us, which I thought was funny.
0: That is true. Um, but anyway, so I figured I can wait another round on Hayden Harris to make sure I get Jerry Judy here. I'm really excited about Jerry Judy. I actually, um, I think that there's a possibility that he could outperform Cortland Sutton in his rookie year. You think I'm crazy for thinking that? <laughs>
2: Um, I think he has like DK Metcalf potential. Uh, there are different types of uh, receivers, right? But in the sense that he had a lot of upside. But I think it would be very difficult for him to outproduce Tyler Lockett. And I'm just I just think so we excited. can see that with Jerry Judy. Well, like he can still get 900 yards and some touchdowns. But I think I don't he's think he'll in my a opinion, mark.
0: in my opinion, from just the film that I've seen of like receiver, and there's been a lot of good wide receiver talent to come into the league over the last few years. Um, to me, Jerry Judy is the most pro-ready wide receiver that I've seen coming into the league. And when you hear DBs like Kareem Jackson saying like, yo, this kid fucking stunted me and he's a rookie, you know, like, it's, it's something that's really exciting. And also like, it's, it's my team. Every year I get a new jersey. So this year I'm going to get a Jerry Judy jersey. I'm very excited about that. So I was just happy to get him on my team. Gotcha. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to ask you guys real quick, Who do you nominate from the teams in the in the draft or in our league? Who had the best draft? Who do you think overall had the best draft? In your opinion, go ahead.
1: Um, Me, I'm just kidding. Uh, Let me see. I don't even know, honestly. Uh, Do you all know?
0: I have my pick. I certainly have my pick. I have a couple
2: um i think i would pick lionel as having the best draft like after i took a look i was like okay that's really solid um i think you did the whole like zero zero wide receiver thing early real good in the sense that very very well round six through nine you got super solid uh wide receivers like you know, they don't scream out wide receiver one, it all can be impactful and they'll, they'll be solid, right? The high floor guys, I think. Um,
0: well, no, they all high floor guys, except for Marquise Brown, for sure. But because you yeah, have so yeah. many high floor guys, it's good to have an upside guy like Marquise Brown. So you have that balance. I definitely agree. Um, I, I, I loved his, his draft very much. If I had to pick a second
2: place, or like another draft that I thought was really good, not necessarily a second place, was a uh, Green Bay's Emre's. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Uh, I think so. Like the fact that she got Mel Sanders in the third is amazing,
1: Dude, right? I was so, upset. Then,
0: <laughs> I was so <laughs> upset. I was like, "Oh my god,
1: Did David Johnson!" <laughs> okay. yeah.
0: So, um, draft, Green Bay's draft, um. I thought was the best one. And the reason being, she had a lot of really solid picks. But in her first three rounds, she got three first rounders. All three of those players were going in the first round. Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, and Miles Sanders. And every professional, like in all the consensus, uh, expert consensus uh, mock drafts that I would do, all three of those guys were going in the first round. How the fuck do you leave the first three rounds (laughs) with three first rounders? And how the fuck am I the one that's lucky enough to have to play her in week one? It's wild. Um, I, For example, I struggled, like,
2: so this is pretty funny. Um, I don't know if they were your main targets, Lionel, but based on what I was expecting to be there, I thought, okay, my second and third round picks are going to be Chris, Con- Chris Carson and David Johnson, which were yours. <laughs> like, I was already set. Those are my three first picks because I assumed they would both be there. And then you took Chris Carson, but once Austin Eckler was there, I was like, I don't even care. Like I'm, I'm, I'm way okay with getting Austin Eckler instead of Chris Carson. And then I was pretty sure I was going to do three running backs, but when Hopkins was still there, I was like, Oh my gosh! Like I can't let this go. I like I understand the value of having a third running, a third strong running back that you can put as your flex. Like I could have still taken David Johnson before you, but
0: I just had to get Nuke. Like I had to. I actually, I really love what you did at wide receiver. Um, I think getting Tyler Lockett in the fourth. Oh yes, yeah. like that is seriously such a steal and such a reliable uh, piece. I think um, between what him and Hopkins are going to do, like that's a very strong wide receiver core. Uh, who are you? Who are you playing in your flex week one? Um,
2: I don't know. I I really so. It's between Hunt, Mac and Johnson, I think kareem hunt we've we've seen eight games with him in that system. I think he has a there's no more questions about what his role is there. Mm-hmm. I think he has a pretty decent floor and it's I see him almost like as a James White type of flex play like he's gonna get you eight solid points, and that might be all you need, but he's probably not going to win you the game and then Marlon Mack has already been named the starter, so it just depends on whether he gets the goal line touches
0: on how successful or productive
2: he's going to be. I really is, think, honestly,
0: I really believe um, going against the Jaguars in week one, they're both going to have a role. But, and Mar- like, it is very dependent. The Jaguars were one of the worst run defenses last year. Um, as a matter of fact, let me see. I have the ranking right here somewhere. But anyway, mm-hmm. I think that Taylor has a really good chance to run away with this job in week one because if he can. If he can blow up against the against um, the Jaguars, or the Jaguars were number twenty-eight against the run last year, and the Colts, I assume, are going to be playing with the lead here. Jonathan Taylor is the type of player that can take it to the house in one play, and mm-hmm. I just keep thinking back to—I'm not saying that this is going to happen—but do you remember Saquon's first game, where it was like? He was just getting like three yards, four yards, three yards, four yards, and then all of a sudden, fucking sixty-yard rushing touchdown. I think yeah. if Jonathan Taylor gets one of those in Week One, um, Max done, not done, but I I would lose confidence, and honestly, that's why I that's why I wanted Jonathan Taylor so badly, but. I also don't think it's a bad thing to have players like that. Like, there's a few of those on my team where it's it's important to have a few players that you that you have to be willing to let go in those first few weeks, as you know you start to see what teams are doing and what's available on the waivers. Um, I think it's really important to have players like that and to designate players like that. And quite frankly, I think it's like if that does end up happening, then. I'd be happy if I were in your position, because if there's a waiver player that I want to take a shot on, I think your other picks are very solid. I, I want to see what happens with Preston Williams. I, yeah. you know J.K. Dobbins is going to be someone that breaks out later on in the season. You're not going to get rid of Kareem Hunt, so I mean at that point you're talking about Marlon Mack is actually if he doesn't have the role, fine. I'll pick someone up off waivers. That's not that big a deal, you know? um, Yeah. I did like the pick especially as late as you got him it's like at that point, it's not that big of a risk at all, you know? But I'm right, going to give an, an honorable mention. So Green Bay was my favorite draft, but um, my second favorite draft, just an honorable mention, I think Jello did a fantastic job. I think um, if, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire does pan out, and if he pans out from the beginning of the season, having Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Josh Jacobs is – like, that is so solid at running back. I think um, he's pretty damn scary, honestly. So, I, I like what he did at the draft. Lionel, who was your favorite
1: team? Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so I do think Green Bay is the best. Uh, I do like Willie's, too. I think Willie has a good team. Uh, let me see. Also, I would like to mention
0: this on, just really quick. So... Uh I don't know where did Sieber take Russell Wilson? Did he take him with a second pick? Yeah. Uh, yeah, second round yeah. runner. This is gonna be the year that Russell Wilson wins the MVP. <laughs> so? Just because, go just with, just uh, because uh, Sieber uh, drafted him. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. I was gonna go I was gonna go with Sieber with the second one, but oh with yeah, with the second one, but I was like, no, like after the first four, like, like he has two really good Two great receivers, I think. He has the quarterback, Honestly, which, of Calvin course, is Ridley. going to get the MVP.
0: Calvin Ridley, and he Christian I think, McCaffrey. top 12 upside this year. Even with Julio Jones there, I think they both uh, – every year there's one or two teams, often two teams, that have two wide receivers finish in the top 15. I think um, the Bucks definitely are going to be one of them. I think the other one is the Falcons. Um, I think getting Calvin Ridley in the fourth, Chris Godwin uh, – Honestly, fuck Zebra. I'm pissed off at his fucking draft. <laughs> <laughs> well Yeah. I
1: think
2: after, is- oh go ahead, Lionel. Uh
1: after Ridley, like uh I don't I don't really like his like depth, like Devin Singletary, Ronald Jones. I feel like they're more FES yeah. running backs. Um and so after Christian McCaffrey, what he's gonna do for his flex and his R B two. Um Willie's team I like cause uh I mean the quarterbacks I think are good, and then Alvin Kamara and James Conner you would assume are going to get a huge workloads, and so and then from there he just went wide receiver heavy, so he started no, just choosing receivers and they're solid receivers, uh, but not solid wide receiver ones, but you can play around with them. Uh, um. And so I from I, I like Willie's team too, as a second one.
2: So something that I find interesting or like. So, when I'm going in this draft, right, my strategy was I, so the first half, I feel like I, I got a, a really starting, a really strong uh, starting running backs and starting receivers, right? And then the bottom half, for example, was just targeting people that I think have the potential to have a lot of upside, right? Like Preston Williams was the main target in Miami. And the fact that he was going so, before he got injured, and the fact that he was going so late after Devontae Parker for me it was like, that's an easy one. Stuff like that, right? Mm. Uh, J.K. Dobbins has the potential to take over. A.J. Dillon, is probably going to get in there a little bit, stuff like that. But my point is that once you start getting into the matchups and you look like at the week one matchups, week two matchups, people like Sieber who don't have depth, at the end of the day, like I can totally see how they think it doesn't matter because you're hitting Christian McCaffrey, you're hitting Russell Wilson, and you're hitting Chris Godwin. It, it's like his strategy is probably like, I don't care who's on my bench. Like you're not going to be my starters. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, even though that's like what they tell you you shouldn't do, I kind of don't blame him. Like he's got a really strong you know, frontline essentially to win them the games. So even if
0: his flex is weak, tagging onto that argument, I actually feel like that's, um, right now the weakness of my team, I'm very happy with my team top to bottom. I, um, like there's not a play. I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to drop week one. If I want to pick somebody up off the waivers. And now Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if I'm even going to, because I just love my team that much. Um, I feel like why why did you go so um, I
2: feel like you went pretty wide receiver heavy, like the first three rounds you made your running back picks and then you went like six rounds in a row of
0: just picking receivers. So what happened? I wonder why you did that. In the first three rounds, I got three of my favorite running backs and three running backs that I knew for sure. Like I didn't need another running back. And if I did get another running back, um, it was going to be someone really late. I, there were a few other ones that I was targeting, but they happened to get drafted before I wanted to draft them. Namely, I really wanted Antonio Gibson, but he got drafted in the sixth, and I wasn't going to draft him in the sixth. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And Zach Moss was another one that I really wanted, uh, but Jello took him as well. So what ended up happening, because those running backs got taken there, uh, I just took what the draft was giving me, and I was just getting stupid value at the, at the wide receiver <laughs> position. For DJ Chark to fall to me in the sixth round, uh, for Devontae Parker to fall to me in the seventh round. um, Like, I just thought the... And for Will Fuller to fall to me in the eighth round. I'm starting Will Fuller this week. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you're telling me, I got the wide receiver one for the Jaguars, the wide receiver one for the Dolphins, the wide receiver one for the Texans in the sixth, seventh, and eighth round. And then... um, Again, I wanted to take an upside rookie, and I really do think my favorite rookie in this class, not just because he's a Bronco, it's a perk that he's a a Bronco, but my favorite rookie in this class is definitely Jerry Judy, and he's someone that I really wanted on my team this year. Um, I told Lionel the night before the draft that, like, I was expecting to have the most rookies because I was really high on Clyde. I was really high on Jonathan Taylor. I really wanted Judy, and I really wanted Burrow uh as my upside quarterback I honestly I couldn't believe that Matthew Stafford fell to me as far as he did uh he was he was my number two targeted quarterback I wanted Matt Ryan but again where Matt Ryan like I had a chance to take Matt Ryan but I thought do I want Will Fuller or do I want Matt Ryan I'd rather take Will Fuller but by the time Matthew Stafford that was there I was like I gotta pull the trigger
2: and I think that's a good one uh my top three uh quarterback picks were Josh Allen who I did get I I reached a little bit but it's just because I knew he wouldn't be there by the time I picked again Mm -hmm. so to me that's like not really a reach you pick when you have the availability to get him I guess Cam Newton was my second and then Matthew Stafford was my third which is our three quarterbacks so the way that I had them ranked was I knew I needed to take Josh Allen in the eighth and if I didn't I would take Cam Newton in the 10th and then Lionel took Cam in the 10th And I'm really happy that I took Josh Allen. I ended up pulling the trigger on Josh Allen because I wasn't set on whether I was going to wait or not. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't take Josh Allen and then you sniped Cam for me, I'd be so upset, like so upset. (laughs) So it ended up working out, I think. I'm very you.
1: I feel like um, the swaps that we did... Like going from round to round, I feel like it helped me out in a couple of rounds. I feel like that one was one of them. I told Renee he's gonna get. I'm gonna take Cam Newton this round, and then I'm gonna get um, and then I'm gonna get uh, I already forgot the 49ers receiver. Uh, yeah. I was gonna get D in the next round because uh, I knew you were gonna get Cam Newton. I was like, and I pulled it. I was like, fuck yeah. Um, I and when going into the draft, I didn't like. I was like, okay, no quarterback. I didn't feel it. Like I was not feeling it. And like, and I, I'm not glad I didn't because I ended up getting Cam Newton like pretty late in the draft. And so, uh, and even looking at the quarterbacks that went ahead of him, I think Cam Newton has a lot more upside, at least. And uh, the reason why the Patriots are my team of the week, just because uh, I'm excited to see what the Patriots' offense is going to be like, so and if I, Cam Newton's on my team.
0: I had Cam Newton was also one of my targets, but I had him lower than Matthew. Se- like my, I wanted. I wanted Ryan. If I didn't want, if I didn't get Ryan, then I wanted Stafford. And then I had Cam Newton. And the reason being that his upside is higher than Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford without question, but his floor is also way lower. Um, especially considering like, I don't think this is like with the receiving core that he has, he's going to have to do a lot of work to, to make this team, you know, a high powered offense. And I don't know if that's what they're going to be necessarily. Cause I don't know if that's what they have to be. You know, this is a team that with the right game plan and, and under the right circumstances can keep the game low scoring and um, can rely on one of their 37 running backs to, you know, take a shit ton of carries. I think I agree with you that he's a total upside pick, but I was nervous about that. I would, I, um, I was targeting him in the 11th, 10th, 11th round as well. But again, you know, once I was there, uh, I seeing that Matthew Stafford was still there and Cam Newton, I decided I'm just going to take whichever one of these two falls to me. Uh, gotcha. So when Lionel told me I'm taking Cam, I thought, all right, cool. I can wait on Matthew Stafford. I took Hayden Hurst instead. Um, I was able to take a few players that I wanted instead of that. And I'm really happy with the quarterback position. Cause um, I really, I've told you guys, I'm very high on Joe Burrow this year. Uh, but it's, you know, one of those things where like, if I don't want to rely on him, you know? So if it pans out great, he's sitting on my bench. If not, then whatever, I'll just dump him or, or maybe throw him in as a trade piece if somebody wants him. Um, I, I do disagree a little bit with you on your analysis of Cam, because
2: I think that the only question is injury, right? And that's probably something that... I guess what I'm saying is that Cam, when he's not injured, hasn't ever been bad at fantasy, right? Like he's been as high as the, like the best quarterback in, in the league or you know, he he bottoms out at top 10, which is like still reasonable. And I think that he'll have a high floor and it's, he'll only become useless once he's injured. And if he's injured, then Lionel at that point knows, okay, I got to start streaming. So I don't think he'll run into an issue where... It's like, damn, should I play Cam because he might throw up a dud? Like, I don't. know. I think the, no, 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 the running no, no. aspect is gonna.
0: He offers. He offers uh, a solid floor, definitely, just because of the rushing. But um there's just. I guess all I'm saying. I believe in Cam. That's why I had him as my third quarterback. I was willing to mm-hmm. go in with him as, uh, at the beginning of the season. All I'm saying is that there's, um, like with Matthew Stafford, again, same thing. As long as he's healthy. I know he's not going to finish outside the top 10, not based off of what he's done on that offense. And with those receiving options, he's got Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson. Now he's got uh, Deandre Swift um, later on in the season. So I knew that, like, I guess it was just a safer approach at quarterback. Whereas with Cam Newton, um, who the fuck is he passing to? Like we haven't, we haven't seen, I mean, seriously. (laughs) Gunnar
1: Olofsky.
0: We haven't, seen, we haven't seen Nikhil See, Harry man. do anything in the NFL. Julian Edelman's 34. Uh, they're two tight ends they just drafted this year. They just got rid of Mohamed Sanu, who, by the way, they traded a second-round pick for. Talk about a whiff. So who are the weapons there? James White? Like, that's it. It's like Edelman and James White. And um, this is a new offense. Uh,
1: I, I'm ex- yeah. I like the uh, receivers. I think uh, I think they're using a lot of like really young talent, like behind Julian Edelman.
0: Let me, and I think I,
1: I'm excited for those like re- receivers. The running, the wide receivers two and three.
0: So last year, um, so Pro Football Focus has been doing wide receiver analysis f- since 2006, and the wide receiver core for the New England Patriots last year is the lowest that they have ever rated. And now mm-hmm. they don't have Sanu. Well
1: they have that's Cam. All,
0: that's all I'm saying. Well, Cam Cam is not, I mean, is he a better passer than Tom Brady?
2: No, but I just think, I trust that they're going to scheme into easy passes or easier passes, I guess. But I, I don't know. I, I, I still think it's a good, I mean, I, I know you do too. The upside's uh, there. <laughs> and here's
0: here's one thing that I love about Cam. Going up against the Dolphins in week one, uh, I actually think it's a really good matchup. Uh, the Dolphins were 27th against the run. And also, who's the Patriots' best running back right now? Oh, yeah, it's their quarterback. Um, <laughs> so I think that that's going to be – like, he's someone that I'm actually – I'm going to have a little bit of exposure to him um, on DFS this week because he's pretty cheap. Uh, I do think the Dolphins made a lot of good moves on defense over the off season, but I also don't think, you know, defense has just changed that quickly. Uh the, also interestingly enough, I know you're gonna get you're gonna get into that matchup a little bit more, Lionel, but um they're uh they're one of the higher pace of play combinations on the slate this week. So I think that that game could render a lot of opportunities. One thing about that game is I don't know where those opportunities are gonna go, but I know that Cam Newton's gonna have a role in that game. So I think uh week one, he's he's a very he's a very solid start. How do you guys feel about your guys' week one?
2: Uh, our matchups? Yeah. Let's see. I had, because I had pulled it up. Um, Lionel, if you're ready, you can go ahead.
1: Uh, I think mine is a little tough. I'm playing uh, Eric. And, but I'm pretty excited about my team. I think. Uh,
0: it's always hard going against Lamar, though. Yeah. It's always hard going against Lamar. That's so nerve wracking. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so (laughs) I feel like it's a tough week one matchup, but uh, we'll see.
2: I think Um, I can go ahead
1: and pull this off.
2: I think uh, I have a little bit of that with Deshaun Watson, simply because I feel like it's going to be a shootout, uh, similar to the playoff game, but probably closer. Um, So I think there's a good chance he puts up 40, like Deshaun Watson does, scores like five touchdowns, runs in a couple or something. And if that happens, then... It'll be really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I do like the fact that Danny, I'm hitting Danny, um, his second running back is Chris Thompson. And we still don't know what that
0: <laughs> – I don't think his – he wasn't named the starter, right? Um, He's so, a sneaky play. He's not named the starter, the starter on their depth chart, but their depth chart isn't made by the coach. Like, it's just made by the PR team. There's a report about that because right now I can't remember – who, like just so that you guys know, you know who's uh, listed as the starting tight end for the Coy- for the Cowboys on their depth chart. Ooh, like a wild guess. Dallas?
1: I don't know. No, uh, Jason. W- I'm just kidding. No, yep. I don't know.
0: Jason Witten. Yeah? Is still no way. As their starting tight end on their depth. Was he with chart? the Falcons? He's with the Raiders. <laughs> with the Raiders.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy.
0: So, that's a, when I see things like that, I don't pay attention to it so much. I think, without question. Chris Thompson has been getting all the work with the ones. He's going to be starting, and he's not the type of running back that's going to be getting carries anyway. He's the type of running back that's going to be getting receptions. I think he's a serious, he's seriously a very sneaky play. He was one of my yeah. main targets. Um, he went a lot higher than I would have liked it, to take him, but uh, I was upset to see Danny go after him because I thought he would be a value. Um, I thought he would slip, but he didn't slip. Um, yeah. I, I think agree. he's a sneaky play, a very sneaky play. And, I, I wouldn't count him out at all. I think Chris Thompson could put up 15 easy in week one.
2: Well, and that's where I don't, I uh, guess, I feel a little bit of confidence because we don't know what that's going to look like, right? So he's typically just been the pass catching back and he's excelled in that, right? If he mm-hmm. starts also taking the carries as well, like if he becomes, if he week one is a three down back, then I'll, oh crap,
0: like I'm is pretty sure. a three down back, but what if he has like, Okay, what if he's on pace for 160 carries and 70 receptions? Which if is like really
2: solid, right? I'm just great. talking,
0: it's great. I'm just
2: talking week one, right? Like where yeah. we don't know what his role is yet. So that makes me feel a little bit okay. Um, I'm a little worried the fact that Hopkins is still listed as questionable. Obviously, you know, they're like all indications that he's going to play and he's like good to go. But if that hamstring starts bothering him, they might not use him all that much week one. So that worries me a little bit. What worries me more
0: about Hop is the matchup.
2: Yeah, that's fair. It's a tough matchup, but um, I think Kyler Murray can move around enough that, you know, he'll still get away some passes, get off some passes. But I really think it's going to come down to my flex play, and I don't know who I'm playing yet. Like Danny's set on like Tyler Boyd, which I think is a great flex play. Yeah. I don't I think know. You have, have a lot of good I'm options,
0: honestly. I'm having the same problem with my flex, but it made it a little bit easier seeing who I was going up against. I'm pretty right now. If I had to place a bet, I would say I'm starting this this season zero and one, which is fine because I've started literally the last four seasons in this league zero and one. So I'm not too. <laughs> I'm, I really don't have a problem. You can't predict like week one. Some of it's luck. Some of it, you don't know what's going to happen. So you just play your best players and hope that it goes right. Um. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned if I start 0-1, but I, with the roster I'm going up against, it made it easy for me to decide to play Will Fuller because basically I feel like looking at who I'm playing, I need him to score like 30 points before he tears his ACL in order for me to win. Yeah, yeah, you're you're just going for the upside play thinking, otherwise, no matter what, I'm going to take the L. Dude, I'm going up against Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, and Robert Woods. Oh, and Evan Ingram. And and fucking uh, Breeze against Brady. And she's starting the Eagles defense, who, by the way, have the Redskins in week one. What the fuck?
2: Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I'm telling you, that's a strong team.
0: It's a fucking Um, terrifying team.
2: So we, we can talk about the matchup. I'm, I'll, I'm more so a little bit curious about uh, what you guys thought of uh, Rita's draft um, because I didn't – like, as it was going on on paper, I was like, ah, I'm, I'm not liking what she's doing. But I know she knows what she's doing is a thing, right? So I, I feel like I'm playing checkers and she's playing chess or something.
0: I, I like what she did in the first two rounds. Um, she went with Kittle in, with her second pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So going Julio and Kittle, Julio I had as my number three wide receiver. But really, for me, the top three at wide receiver are a toss-up. I think hey, you can make an argument for any one of them to be number one. Uh, Julio with as, many, as much passing volume as there is going to be on that team and just how dependable he is, at the end of the first round, is just like he's a, it's such a solid pick. And then George Kittle. So I think what she did in those first two rounds, um, she took two players where guaranteed they're difference makers at their position. And again, with any player, barring injury, um, these two players are not going to fuck up your draft no matter what. There's no world where, again, unless they go down to injury, there's no world where Julio Jones or Kittle ever hurts your draft. Mm -hmm. Um, What she did with her running backs I also found very interesting. I love the Mark Ingram pick because he's a total value pick. And at the turn you do have to look for that value and he's still the starting running back for the Ravens. And until, you know, someone says otherwise he's there. I also really, and actually the pick that made me the most angry out of the entire draft was her pick of Antonio Gibson because um, he was one of the rookies that I was extremely, extremely high on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then with Adrian Peterson being uh, cut, and them saying all the things that they've been saying about Gibson all off season, and um, you know Ron Rivera uh, comparing him to, and I hate it when they compare him to like studs, but comparing him to his skill set to McCaffrey's skill set, and then you see what Rivera did with the, with uh, McCaffrey. Um, there's serious potential that Antonio Gibson even though I, she reached for him a little bit higher than I would have, we might be looking at that pick as the steal of the draft. And I don't know just yet, but we might end up looking at that pick as the steal of the draft. Right. So I think that was a very, very, very clever pick. I Also, Deshaun Jackson um, was an interesting pick where she took him. Uh, I didn't like it in, at the end of the fifth, but... Yeah, because he was going so, so late. But the truth is, the only reason he was going so late is because of injury. That's it. Um, Mm -hmm. If, because of the situation that he's in, if he stays healthy, where she drafted him is an appropriate place. Uh, I'm playing him. He's my, and we'll talk about that. Well, I don't know if you're going to join me tomorrow, Juan, but I'm going to do a a little DFS uh, podcast and uh, just over the info that I went or that I did. Deshaun Jackson is my lock of the week. I'm playing him in more lineups than I think any other player this week, which um, I think is going to be a little bit chalky just because last year in week one, he went for 180 and two touchdowns. And so, and he played against the Redskins. And this year, week one, they're playing against the Redskins again, you know, and he's healthy. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the matchup chart and who he's playing against, um, well, for starters, he's the only wide receiver that's really viable right now. And he has a fifty one percent advantage on the cornerback that's supposed to be matched up on him. That's fucking stupid. Fifty one like that's he's the second highest advantage um this week. So you know, I it was it was a bold pick, but I, I do think uh week in, week out, as long as he's the guy for the Eagles, he's a must start. He is.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think the Deshaun Jackson uh, pick was a little strange. felt like a couple of more reaches, um, but at the same time, when you're gonna pick again,
0: <clears throat> uh,
1: I thought the Kittle uh, pick was maybe a little bit of a reach, and the Deshaun Jackson pick, just because I mean later on when the Eagles receivers do start to return, um, you reach this far for this receiver that you'd want as a solid running back to um, throughout the course of the season at least, and. Um, and so I, I felt like a couple of those picks were, were, were reaches. And for the rookies too, I know with Ruggs, I felt like maybe that was a little bit of reach just because you don't know how he's going to play with uh, the Raiders. Um, And she has them as a flex right now. And so those are iffy receivers I'd have as, uh, uh, and long-term, like throughout the season.
2: I le- so there's a few things that I did like and a few things that, that made me question the draft. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I, I, like, I 100% agree that Jones and Kittle are like super safe, like you're going to get um, solid, if not amazing production week in and week out, right? I think Mark Ingram on in the third is kind of, at the end of the third is a little bit of a steal. Like that's a really solid RB one. I didn't like the Jordan Howard pick. I understand with what was available, that's probably the best you can do, right? Like I would get that. It was, the, that or it was the
0: most volume available at that point in the draft.
2: Yeah. And you had like, after going wide receiver tight end, I you kind of had to go running back, running back, right? Mm. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, after
1: I take four running backs in the
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. after
1: take four running backs straight, like he starts to like go down.
2: <laughs> yeah, Antonio Gibson, I I wholeheartedly agree. I thought it was a little early, but I can totally see how she felt. It's not she's not. Gonna well, be you know there. what he's she the, knew because
0: here's I was targeting him in the sixth or in the seventh, and I had the next two picks before she had her next pick. Yep. Guaranteed, I would have gotten DJ Chark. No one would have taken a sixth or seventh on Antonio Gibson, and then I would have gotten him in the seventh. So her getting him where she did was smart because he wouldn't have come back to her. He wouldn't have. Yeah, that's so, what, and that's what she was probably banking on. If you look at her picks, uh, when you're at the turn, you have to understand there's 22 picks before your next pick. Yeah, like everyone else picks twice before your next pick. So you do have to reach for your guys a little bit more than maybe you'd like. But if you really like somebody yeah. and you're willing to take a shot on them like that, you, you know, you got you to have to. Yeah, you got to respect the pick I really well. liked was Marvin Jones. I thought that was yeah, really good. Fantastic, fantastic pick. As a matter of fact, I think, I think he's a great week one start. Um, not to give anybody any, you know, that's my personal <laughs> opinion. I don't know who she's putting in her flex, but I think he's a fantastic week one start. Henry Ruggs. And then I, I, would, I would not start because no. you don't know the role. He's a rookie. At, let him sit for a week. Marvin Jones is such a solid pick. He was one of my – Lionel, you had him as a nut candidate, did you not?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. other
0: one that I think this week he has he has a thirty percent advantage on. Uh, with Galladay, hell yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, I think that was a steal.
2: Rita, if you're listening, you know, feel free to hop on next week and tell us what you were thinking. <laughs> but uh, yeah. this, this is my theory, right? Um, I really like the slate pick as well. And then she only has four running backs. I'm thinking that she went like with receivers with really high upside to target trades later on, right, based on where she was in the draft. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's willing to go one and two in the first three rounds but get guys on her bench that people are going to need or, like, want to trade for and then get some value running backs in in return, something like that because she's pretty solid all around. I just think that she might want to upgrade her running back position. Um, And she has really good upside
0: uh, receivers that are probably going to pan out. I think so too. I think it's, I, I, you know, I think it's interesting what she's doing right now. uh, The thing is, you know, at this point in the season, you just never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. And everyone's teams always look good at the beginning of the season. And, you know, even (laughs) those, those picks that, you know, every year you look back and some of them, you think at, at the draft were questionable, you know, in a few weeks, you know, things change a lot. The information that's available is just... Every round's going to have its busts and every round's going to have its values, you know? So I'm interested to see how everything pans out. But um, let's move on to uh, some actual football talk. I am I am so excited for the Texans game this Thursday, and I'm really happy that I drafted... Uh, I didn't even realize that I, that I have um, Fairbairn, the kicker for, for the Texans. Like, I just drafted whatever kicker was available. I literally didn't even look at my phone when I was drafting the kicker. I just hit kicker. <laughs> like, little I don't care about the position. I just know, like, I have to start one.
1: All right, fine. Uh,
0: and actually, I'm really excited I got Fairbairn. Um, I think, you know, it's a good offense to have a kicker for. But, um, dude, I'm so hyped for Will Fuller this week. I'm so hyped for Will Fuller this week. Who do you guys have uh, winning the game? I do have the Chiefs. I have Um, the Chiefs also.
2: I feel like you... Go go ahead, Lionel.
1: Oh, my bad. Uh, I think it's going to be the Texans. Um, uh, For my flex, I didn't know whether to put Marquise Brown or Brandon Cooks just because I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And after the Saints game, uh, the Texans' first game last year, I'm hesitant not to put Brandon Cooks in there, but... uh, (sighs) Oh, Does Marquise be, Brown against the Browns. I don't know. Uh,
0: which way are you leaning?
1: I think Marquise Brown just, just because of David Johnson. And so I think David Johnson is going to get touches in there.
0: Not just that, but, um, you know, you just with receivers moving teams, I always like to see their situation before I, I count on them. You know, Marquise Brown, sure. don't forget last year he did all that he did. He did it with, a, you know, recovering from a Liz Frank injury. That's something that tends to linger for a year. He's coming into this year healthy, um, 180 pounds. Yeah, and I mean that's a high-powered offense. You know, I think all he needs, all he needs, is one play to make your entire week. And um, you know, I think he has a pretty solid advantage against the Browns. He has so with his cornerback matchup, he has a 23% advantage, and he's got him beat uh, by speed by like I think the cornerback has a four-six speed. Marquise Brown runs like... Well, they never clocked him at the combine, but he's like... He's got to run like a 4-4. Four, four. No, he runs a 4-3 at least. But there's been like... You know how they are, there's always like hype, you know... Oh, he supposedly ran this much at, you know, like a private whatever. The rumors are 4-2, but 4-3 um, at least, you know. So, I think he has an advantage. I would play Marquise Brown in that matchup.
2: Lionel, I feel like the best one of the best plays... Week one is going to be David Johnson. It's going to be a high-powered, fast-scoring game. He catches the ball, and you know for a fact that um, what's your coach's name? I totally forgot. I'm blanking. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, you know for a fact that Bill Bill O'Brien is going to make that trade work. Yeah, like he's going to run David Johnson into the ground. Yeah,
1: he has to to prove that that it was worth it. Fucking idiot! Everybody was like laughing at him.
2: Yeah, so Johnson has
1: to prove it too. They were like laughing at him too, like because they. Crazy, yeah. No, but
2: minus injury, like he still had it, right? It's not like he's lost it. He's, yeah, but just injury. Profile. He, he
1: stopped people making fun of him, like because yeah. he, they, they were like, "Oh, you got you can, they fucked up by picking you," you know. <laughs>
2: <So> let's <laughs> go, I, David. I Twenty-eight points. I think that's like the, the player to look
0: for in that Thursday night game.
1: Oh, I yeah.
2: think,
0: um, David. The reason why the reason why I have um, the Chiefs winning. I think you guys are right. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a very exciting game. I think it's a perfect game to kick off the season with, especially this season. Uh, You have the number one paid quarterback in the NFL playing the number two paid quarterback in the NFL. That's pretty exciting, right? Um, But just to hit a couple of um, points here, I know you guys are talking about David Johnson. And uh, last year, most of the season, the Chiefs were very susceptible to the running back very susceptible to pass-catching running backs, which is obviously David Johnson's skill set. Um, the only thing is that was most of the season, but the last three games of the season, they were ranked number nine against the running back. And in the postseason, they got really good against the running back. And that defense really did change as, you know, as the season went on. It went from one of the worst defenses in the league to really one of the best defenses in the league. Um, I think where the Texans, oddly enough. I think there's going to be productivity from the from the running backs. I don't think David Johnson scores a touchdown. I think I think you're going to see, um, I, think going to see of, I think you're going to see yeah, the flying V, Will Fuller. I think you're going to see him uh, do a lot of work over the top. Uh, I think one of Brandon Cook's or Randall Cobb is randomly going to get Uh, a lot of productivity. The only thing is I don't know which one it's going to be because one runs in the slot and the other one runs out deep. But I think uh, fells oddly enough is a sneaky uh, streaming option this week because it's going to be a high powered game. It's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. And who's to say that, you know, if like, let's say you drafted an upside tight end, I don't know if anyone like I'm starting, I'm starting my tight ends, right. But if you drafted an upside tight end that you're not comfortable with starting in week one, I wouldn't be too hesitant to to play someone like Darren Fells. He's going to be available, guaranteed, and there's a very real possibility that he scores a touchdown and gets like four receptions for like sixty, seventy yards, right there, twelve, thirteen points from the tight end position. So I think um, the only thing is, I, I also think that uh, Kelsey and and uh, Tyreek Hill are going to have a great game. Um, I think. Daryl Williams is going to steal a touchdown from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Here's the new Spencer Ware. I can wear. see it. Yeah. Actually, I snuck him on one of my DFS lineups. So you can do, like, uh, do single-game slates, and so yeah. it's a lot more difficult to put all the stars in, in uh, one lineup because you can only play five players. So I did a lineup of like all stars, and the only way that I was able to afford all the limb was by also playing Daryl Williams, just hoping that he gets a touchdown.
2: <laughs> he might. I could see him stealing one. He might. Kyrie yeah. Kill fell to the end of the third in our draft, which I think is insane.
0: I, the yeah. reason why I wasn't so surprised, um, I I thought like I thought about it for a split second, but I decided not to take him in the third. Uh, because of the volatility and that's the only thing you know that's why i didn't either i've heard all these stats uh this offseason about how uh he always finishes and you know very you know at the end of the year he he finishes as one of the highest ranked wide receivers but consistency wise like he's one of the worst wide receivers in the nfl it's complete boomer bust he's there or he completely (laughs) disappears and i just didn't want that on my team um I wanted to rely more on volume for my team this year, which is why I went with DJ Moore and Adam Thielen. Um, and, you know, like DJ Chark, uh, Devontae Parker, these are all target hogs on their team. Uh, Will Fuller's, or I'm sorry, not Will Fuller. Tyreek Hill is not even the number one receiving option on his own team. Travis Kelsey has been the leading receiver for that team for like the last three years. He gets more receptions, you know, so, or Travis Kelsey. Did I say Travis Kelsey? Yeah, I Travis yeah. Kelsey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. All right, I'm going to shoot Lionel. the rest of the games to you guys really quick, and I just want you to shoot out your, your picks for the for this right. for uh, this week.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. All right. Eagles and uh, Washington are awards.
1: Washington are What?
0: Are you serious, Lionel? Yeah. That's hilarious. All right, <laughs> you, Lionel. You and you only. I'm telling you right now, Lionel. You're zero and one already. Okay. Actually, you're Owen, too,
1: because you picked the Texas. The Washington r awards are going to come out here. They're going to prove, like, we are not racist assholes. We are going to come out here and win this fucking game for the we're people. Not,
0: we're not racist. For racists, our people. Yeah.
1: Not, not the Native racists. American people. All people.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I really do not believe that they're going to come back. I am excited for some of the players. I think Terry McLaurin's a good play. I think um, – I'm curious to see Miles Sanders if he's going to be healthy. But if he's healthy, he's a hell of a play. Obviously, we already talked about DJs. All right, Dolphins, Patriots, Dolphins, Patriots. And I know Lionel, this was your pick for game of the week. Can you tell me why?
1: Because uh, I have Cam Newton as quarterback, and this whole offense. Uh, I feel this is the most confusing offense in the NFL. There's so many. There's so many in both wide receivers and in running backs, you really don't know how they're, they're going to play out. And then you have a quarterback that you don't know that has never played under this type of system, mm. but because it is the Patriots, I feel well, I'm pretty, uh, I'm not really high on them, but I think they can make it at least work to work to how to win games. And because of that, I'm excited as to how they're going to use this offense. And then with, with the dolphins, um, I mean, it's a new team. And so, uh, we're going to see how they play out. Uh, and, I'm just more, more so excited about the Patriots, I guess, but fuck yeah. Go Canyon, win this fucking game.
0: I love that you picked this game as your game of the week because uh, I love it for the same exact reasons. I also have the Patriots winning this game, um, and it was a really close call, I will say that, because I actually do think the Dolphins are going to take a step forward this year. And oddly enough, having Ryan Fitzpatrick start the year is a good amount of continuity for them, so I love that he's starting the year with them. Um, It was the hardest game for me to break down and stat out uh, because there's literally no good matchups on either side. The cornerbacks for the Patriots are so good that the wide receivers for the Dolphins all have horrible matchups and the wide receivers for the Patriots are so bad that they have all horrible matchups. So I don't know where the productivity is going to come from, but I know that there's going to be a lot. Um, Both of these teams were some of the faster paced teams last year in the NFL. So literally my, like when this breakdown has them as a high pace of play game, which tends to mean it's going to render more opportunity. And right next to all my analysis, it says no standouts, cam question mark. That's, those are my thoughts on this game. I have no idea what's going on. So I'm very excited to watch this game and see what this team's identity is.
2: Yeah. This game Uh, for me is appointment television. Like this is, this is the morning game to watch.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited for that one. All right. Uh, Packers-Vikings. At Vikings. Vikings.
1: <sighs> Packers.
0: Um, so, my well, this is one where my mind says Vikings because I do think that they're going to be the better team this year. But my heart says Packers because somehow Aaron Rodgers always comes back and ends up ripping the Vikings' hearts out of their chest last minute. So I feel like there's that possibility is always on the table. So I do think that that's probably what's going to happen. But.
1: um, I mean, when I see the Packers play the teams against their division, like they just fucking rip their hearts. Like And the Bears in the first game, when Marlon, I mean, when Mac like just fucking took Rodgers down, you know, oh, this is over. He took the season's over. And then he comes back and (laughs) beats them. Yeah. I feel the same thing with the Vikings. Like he's just going to break their heart later.
0: That's why I have to pick the Packers. Um, But I love a lot of the matchups in this game. I love Delvin Cook in this matchup. I love Adam Thielen in this matchup. Obviously, Devontae Adams is going to tear. The Vikings had one of the worst secondaries in the NFL last year. So Adams is going to tear it up. And I do think one thing I'm interested about this game, uh, I want to see who the number two is. I want to see, is it really Alan Lazard uh, or is there someone else emerging? They just... uh, picked up Robert Foster, who used to, he, he had a lot of good games with the Bills at Josh Allen's rookie season. And um, there's been a lot of good reports about Mar- De- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So I'm interested to see if he has a role. But more importantly, I want to see which one of these tight ends for the Vikings is going to have value, because Irv Smith I- is very talented, and Kyle Rudolph has traditionally always had a role for this team also.
2: I was going to say that my theory is, like win, like, win or lose or whatever, regardless, Kyle Rudolph is going to have a touchdown in 80 yards
0: and is going to be, like, a waiver uh, target afterwards. <laughs> Kyle yeah, Rudolph, uh, so the only thing that whoever the tight end is running that's going to be running routes for the team is, uh, has a 38% advantage on the Packers' safety, which I don't know how legit that is. Because Adrian Amos is the Packers' safety, and he's amazing. He's one of the better safeties in the league. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens there. All right, let's move on. Colts, Jaguars? Colts. 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 Let's move on. Bears, Lions?
1: Uh, Lions. I
0: think it's Lions without question.
1: Yeah, I'd okay, Lions. Dude, uh, I can't Nicole. believe Mitch
0: Trubisky is starting this. <laughs> uh, Mitch Trubisky was... The, <laughs> I was going
1: to say Dick Fole's like going like Fuck
0: oh, no. Dude, how, how bad is it when you have to spend the equity to bring in a guy to replace your shit draft pick and then that guy can't even win the job?
1: Yeah. It's
0: pretty I think, bad. I, no, I, I they, agree
2: with the people who said they just wanted to pressure Trubisky. Like maybe this will make him get better. <laughs>
1: maybe Maybe. you think that's what they try to do like they pay this guy money like hey pressure this guy
0: (laughs) well no Foles goes in there thinking he's competing for the spot (sighs) I think Stafford and I think Stafford and Galladay and Marvin Jones this week are all very solid plays I think they're they're gonna do a very good job Uh, I'm just hoping they get some sacks the Bears do I need that they're my they're my week one defense They very well could. All right, Raiders-Panthers. Raiders. Raiders. This is a game
2: I don't want to watch. I got the Panthers. I think I'm going to go Panthers, but I think it's going to be a very sloppy game. No one's going to be good but McCaffrey.
0: I think there's going to be points to be had in this game, and I think Josh Jacobs is going to be really good. Uh, The Panthers were the 29th defense last year against running backs. And they really haven't made a lot of changes on defense. They have a new coach. But that's never a good thing, for, especially for an untalented defense. Um, so I think Josh Jacobs, um, I think he's going to have a really good game. <laughs> Oddly enough, the Raiders were number six against the run last year. Do you know that shit? No. It's fucking crazy. But McCaffrey's going to kill it. There's no way he doesn't kill it. Uh, all right, Jets, Bills. Bills. Bills without question, and I think this is the most boring game of the week. I want, I do not want to watch this game. At all. I got Bills, yeah.
2: I'll tune in just to see how Josh Allen does.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not watching that shit. Browns, Ravens? Ravens?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Ravens without question. All right. Uh, Juan, your game of the week. Seahawks, Falcons.
2: Yeah. I think this is going to be a really fun game um, between this one and the – Dolphins-Patriots games. I think those are the two best uh, morning games to watch. I think it's going to be really high scoring because every Atlanta game is always. More importantly, I think it's important because Atlanta was a lot better than the record last year. Well, their defense was terrible, but they just lost every close game they were in and all their games were close. So I think this would be a good one for them to start off the season. It will show that they're better than the record was last year. You know, I think, uh, you know, Lava... Averages is going to show that they're going to have a positive regression to start winning those close games.
1: Mm. So I
2: could see this one being a shootout. Both teams high powered offenses. I think there's a lot of fantasy points to be had here as well because that Seahawks defense isn't as good as it once was. And the But they did Atlanta just get defense, Jamal Adams. They did. They did, but I just I still think that Atlanta and Matt Ryan are just going to throw the ball like crazy.
0: Mm. So
2: this is my game of the week. I think if you're playing players in this game you're like, you're likely to do a well. And I have the Seahawks, uh, sorry, I have the uh, Falcons winning it in a close one, maybe three points.
0: I have the Seahawks winning this one, but I also do think it's a close one. Uh, I just think when it's, when it comes down to those close games, Russell Wilson is like the old, he's very true. In my opinion, my favorite quarterback to have in that situation. And um, I will more than often give a close win to Russell Wilson just because it's Russell Wilson. Uh, I also think this is – I think DK Metcalf is going to take a step forward this year, just like Calvin Ridley. Um, This is a good team where – this is a good game where there's a lot of questions I want to see answered. Is Calvin Ridley going to take that step forward from the beginning? I have Hayden Hurst in this game, so I'm really excited about – I want to see what his role is. Uh, I'm going to see what his target share is. Because I really – I don't want to roster two tight ends for very long. And I like the two tight ends that I got. I have him and Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin, I think, you know, with Witten gone and Cobb gone, that opens up 180 targets. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of targets to go around on that offense. So I want to see which one of those two guys is going to be my guy, and I want to. I just want to only rely on one of them. So I'm excited for this game, what Who do you have in this one?
1: Um, I uh, feel like Juan subconsciously got me like, with the Falcons there, like. I think they have to come back and like do they, they do have to show that they were better than the record last year. And, uh, and we'll see how their offensive line does. I know uh, they had a couple of draft picks early last year. That didn't work out so well. And uh, so let's see if this year they're able to do better to protect Matt Ryan. And then like you were saying with the defense, if those two things can happen, that can be a really good team because they already have the offensive weapons, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Ridley, who's going to be a really good pick this year. We
0: didn't even talk about Gurley. before.
1: Yeah, and Gurley. Uh, they have the weapons for sure. Uh,
0: So as far as their running back defense, um, the Seahawks were 22nd against the run. So it's a good opening game for Gurley. Falcons were 15th against the run. So middle of the pack. Uh, But just with what I I think the Seahawks are definitely going to play with the lead for most of the game, which I think bodes well for Chris Carson. Um, And I think if it does come down to that fourth quarter, I wouldn't be surprised if... The Falcons took it over and uh, had a comeback win, especially, again, with the weapons. There's just so many great weapons. True. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Chargers are playing at Cincinnati. Who you got? Chargers. I have the Chargers as well.
1: Cincinnati.
0: This is one game that I do want to watch. I think the Chargers are going to win for sure. Uh, I, th- I just think they have the better defense. And I'm going to take the better defense against a rookie quarterback uh, game one without any preseason. Just as high as I am on, on Burrow, he's a hold, right? Like, I'm not expecting him to destroy on week one. Now, if he does, then I'll be very excited. I'll be very happy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I just think it, the Chargers be have a great groan. defense. And it'll be a growing
2: pains game, I think. Like, uh, I think so a lot too. of mistakes. Score some touchdowns, but he'll throw a couple
0: picks. See, so there's but, a lot uh, of players that on the Bengals that I'm very high on, but I just don't love the matchup yeah. week one. I agree.
1: My boy Joe Mix is going to bring him to a win.
0: Joe Mixon has a shot. You know, I mean, the, the Chargers were 18th against the run, but the reason why I love Eckler again, Cincinnati was dead last against the run last year. They were historically bad against the run. And uh, you already know. Um, Eckler's going to have the receiving work. One thing that I am interested to see here and my projection is that one of these two is going to be one of the waiver pickups, uh, after week one, it's either going to be Josh Kelly or Justin Jackson. They drafted Josh Kelly this year and Justin Jackson was there already, but someone's going to take a bunch of those carries just like Melvin Gordon did last year. And I'm interested to see who that is. Um, I don't know if I necessarily want that for my team like I don't know if I if I would want to st- spend fab on that but uh I I do think that that's someone that's probably going to be targeted after week 1. All right uh Cardinals 49ers
1: 49ers Uh 49ers
2: I I have the Cardinals. I think um Whoa. I'm really excited.
1: It's a good joke Juan. <laughs>
0: that's ins-
2: I do. So a couple of reasons, I think there's going to be a little bit of Super Bowl hangover. Um, I think it's real. Right. And then, you know, the wide receiver injuries that are, that, uh, the Niners have been dealing with might be a problem, but I think that it'll be more of a shootout than we think. Like if, if the Cardinals start scoring
0: pretty easily, I think the Niners let it fly a little bit more. And so this, I, this game, I agree with you. I think it could be a lot more high scoring than people anticipate.
2: But, uh, just it's not that the Cardinals are a better team. I just see them like taking this one, stealing this one.
0: Yeah. Last year, those two matchups were very high scoring. And I know that those were actually Jimmy Garoppolo's best two weeks of the season. I think he's a perfect week one streamer. If you're not sure who to play at the quarterback position this week, Um, even without the wide receiver options, I think he's still going to get it done you have to remember the Cardinals were historically bad against the tight end last year and they're going up against George Kittle in week one. I'm also a great uh, play. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really excited for, um, to see who's going to, for starters, I want to see if Debo is going to play and if he is going to play, is he at full health? Um, I want to see who else emerges on the wide receiver core. But I really do think that uh, Kenyon Drake's going to have a good game. I think the defense for the 49ers, their biggest strength is their cornerbacks and their secondary and their pass rush. Um, but last year, if they had a weakness, the only place that they ranked cl- even close to middle of the pack on defense was against the run, and they were 12th against the run. So, I mean, that says a lot about this defense, right? But Kenyon Drake uh, tore them up last year. I think it could be a sneaky play. I think they're going to have to rely on Drake um, with the cornerback matchups that are there. So I'm, I'm super excited to see this game. I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring one. All right, Bucks at Saints.
1: Saints. I uh,
0: say Saints. I say Saints. So here's a better question for this one. I have the Saints as well, but who's going to be the highest fantasy scoring wide receiver in this game?
2: Will it be Michael Thomas,
0: Mike Evans, or Chris Godwin?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Thomas.
1: Chris Godwin.
0: I'll take Mike Evans.
1: Mike <laughs> Evans is All the pick.
0: <laughs> He's a, yeah, Mike Evans is Jared the pick. Because you know if, if Mike Evans has one of his big games, there's no way that the other two even come close. That's true. it's right. good for one of those 40-pointers. For sure. Yeah. Cowboys, Rams.
1: And I'm boys.
0: <laughs> We'd have boys. <laughs> I'm boys. Um,
2: I want to see. not pick the Cowboys. I want to pick the Rams. But I think with I, I'm afraid that the uncertainty of the depth chart in with the running backs is going to matter. Like, I'm afraid that none of them are going to produce really well. Looking it's looking like Malcolm is going to
0: be the Week One starter, which is kind of sad. <laughs> like
2: last year, okay. Touchdown.
0: Do you remember what he did uh, in Week One of last year? I don't. Oh, oh Malcolm, he stole he stole had, touchdowns. He had two. That's touchdowns. what he did. He, he yeah, had like he to- two carries and like two touchdowns.
1: <laughs> he was like solid.
0: <laughs> Yeah, he had like he had like it's three carries and
2: two of them were touchdowns. Yeah, uh,
0: I this is my this is my game of the week. Um, I think this this game is going to have the most uh, the most productivity, the most opportunity for scoring. Uh, for starters, the Cowboys last year were the second fastest paced team. Meanwhile, uh, the Rams were the fourth fastest paced team. And it reflects in their past attempts. Both of these teams you know, were some of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL last year. So I think with, when you have that combination of two teams playing each other like that, it just renders more opportunity. Then you take a look at both of these teams have very high-powered receiving cores. I'm really excited to see what Michael Gallup's going to do and uh, C.D. Lamb. Because you know Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper, as good as he is, is the type of wide receiver to get shut down by a good cornerback. So that opens it up for Michael Gallup and it opens it up for uh, CeeDee Lamb. I think the MVP of this game is going to be Zeke. Um, If the Rams had, you know, well, the Rams had a number of weaknesses last year, but they were 19th against the run. And uh, I think this is the type of game where where Zeke definitely is going to, I think for sure he's going to finish top three on the week um and he could easily finish number 1 on week 1 uh robert woods and cooper cup are two of my favorite picks this week uh primarily robert woods i think he's going to have a, a great week what sucks about this game is there's a lot of players in this game that i really like but because it's uh it's not in the morning slate i can't i can't play it on dfs i can't play any of these players so it pisses me off so bad but this is the one that i think is going to really blow up Uh, Tyler, Mm -hmm. Tyler Higby, I think is, uh, a good play this week. He has a 22% advantage on, on his matchup. Uh, and again, I I just think there's going to be so much opportunity in this, in this game. I don't think the running backs are going to do a lot for the Rams in this game. I think they're going to have to do a lot of what they did last year, relying on short passes, uh, maybe use Robert Woods in the running game. I think you're going to see a lot of Tyler Higby and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, if Cooper Cup also had a touchdown um, against, against the Cowboys. But I, I really love this game. I also think, obviously, Dak Prescott's a start. I think Goff could be a sneaky start this week.
2: I can see that. Um, so real quick, Tyler Hibge went for 111 yards on 12 receptions against the Cowboys last year. Now, I'm not saying he's going to replicate that, but that makes me very excited for the potential.
0: I also will say, okay, last year, the only, thing I'm, the only reason why I'm hesitant to – the more that I looked at, at Tyler Higbee this offseason, the only reason I was hesitant as Robert? the offseason went on. No, that too. But if you pace out what Tyler Higbee did at the end of the season last year for a full season, he would have broken literally every tight end record in the history of the <laughs> NFL. Every single one. It's unsustainable. It's unsustainable. There's no way – Tyler is good, don't get me wrong, and the system's great. But is he the greatest tight end of all time? No way. No, but if he can play like Zach Ertz, then. I think he's going to have value this week. This week for sure, I think um, he's definitely a very solid play. I'm excited to see what he does this week. He's one of my value picks in DFS as well. Um, all right, moving on. Steelers, Giants. Steelers. 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 I have I have two uh, sleeper picks in this one. I actually think uh, James Conner could finish as a top five running back this week. Uh, I don't know if you guys recall, but the Giants suck against the run. I think the Steelers are going to play with a lead. And if they do play with a lead, I think James Conner is going to see a lot of that work. I also think week one, Deontay Johnson outscores Juju Smith-Schuster. I could see that. I'm I'm still unsure
2: if I'm gonna flex him or not. That's that's what I'm thinking over.
0: Honestly, uh who who do you have in your flex
1: right now?
2: Uh it's him or Hunt with Mac a uh, slight third.
0: Hunt's the safe pick. Hunt's the safe pick, and I think but I think Deontay is the upside pick. And Marlon Mack is the sad pick. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh I <laughs> guess I'll start Marlon Mack. Alright, last game of the week. Titans, Broncos.
1: Broncos. Titans. Broncos. AFC South.
0: <laughs> now with this news about Von Miller, honestly, the reason why I had the Broncos winning this oh, game yeah. was because of defense. But now with this news of Von Miller, it does change things for me a little bit. Derek
1: is now gonna go for like two hundred. Yeah,
0: if if Von Miller's not there, dude, this is a very different game. Uh if Von Miller's not there, then I think the Titans win. If Von Miller is there, then I think the Broncos win. And I, think, I think he's I think, for sure out. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Um, yeah, like 20 to 17. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think um, I really want to see what Jerry Judy does week one. I want to see who <laughs> is going to get the, the bulk of the carries for this team. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see how our defense is performing. I'm also really excited to see if AJ Brown's going to have a bigger role this year because he was such a beast last year. And did anyone draft Jonu?
2: Yeah, he went late. I think I think I'm reached. Did let me double check. Where is he? Where is he? No, she drafted. Uh oh no. Yeah, Green Bay did.
0: Son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> I, John, you, I feel confident that if Higby doesn't pan out, he's going to end up on waivers at some point. So, that
0: was another thing that, um, actually, I don't think he will. I don't think John is going to end up on the waivers if Evan Ingram doesn't pan out, which we, you, you know, that story. You know, First he, hand. he could, he could, <laughs> uh, you know, explode for two weeks and then be out for seven weeks. So, if yeah, that he happens – won me a couple. I and think he her strategy him. at tight end was really good because she took a super high upside pick with Evan Ingram um, and a very safe but also upside pick with John U. Smith. I'm excited to see what his role is going to be. Um, I want to see if Noah Fant is I, – I just want to see where the targets are going in this offense in, in the Broncos. Yeah, I agree. All right, that
1: Noah Fant.
0: Juan, did you have a Juan for us this week or not? Nah?
2: I didn't. I figured we had a lot of talked about, so I didn't know. I have have one
0: easy one for you guys. Very easy one. We'll close out the show with this. Out of all the running backs playing in week one, which position is going to finish with the best performance and who, which players do you think are going to be the highest in that position? So my pick to let you guys know I think the rookie running backs are going to do better than the quarterbacks wide receivers or tight ends in week one and I think it's literally just going to be because of two maybe three players Clyde Jonathan Taylor Antonio Gibson I think those are the three players that we're going to see make a big splash in week one out of all the rookies
2: So, are you just asking like comparisons um, between QB's wide receivers yeah. and running like backs? Do, or? Like,
0: do you think Joe Burrow is going to be the rookie that everyone's talking about? Do you think it's going gotcha. to be the wide receivers gotcha. that everyone's going to be talking about?
2: Uh, I, I, I have to agree with you just because
0: wide receivers usually don't pan out and have great games week but Some one. of them have really good matchups. Like, there's a world where Henry Ruggs against the Carolina Panthers you know, has a, a runaway touchdown. You know, there's a world where CeeDee Lamb in a game where there's going to be a lot of opportunity gets a touchdown, you know?
2: How, how many are starting week one, though, right? Like Gary Judy, CeeDee Lamb,
0: Henry Ruggs. I don't know. Ryan Edwards, another. He's, that's another Raiders one. Hmm. Uh, Michael Pittman for the Colts. Oh, you think? Uh, He's a sneaky okay. upside pick. They drafted him ahead of Jonathan Taylor in the second round. Fair you enough. Know? So fair there's, enough. there's a lot of opportunity there, I think, as well. There's some other random ones. Antonio Gandy-Golden.
1: Gandy-Golden?
0: Yeah. Antonio Gandy-Golden. Final, <laughs> who you Is got? It. Rookie of the week, week one.
1: Um, I mean, I want to say Clyde, but... I don't know. I guess I like Henry Ruggs. I like Henry Ruggs there. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Carol. I,
0: I guess that's a better question. Rookie of the week, week one. Who is it, Juan?
1: I do like uh, him with Gruden, too. I want to see how he utilizes him as a speed receiver. I mean, he dropped that high for him. So, and, with, um, and it's Las Vegas now. So, I'm excited to see so. how they do.
2: My sneak rookie of the week is going to be C.D. Lamb. I think exactly because you said Amari Cooper is going to get shut down, which I completely agree with. Mm-hmm. I think he'll see some targets in the second half, which will put him up to close to 100 yards.
0: I think there's a real possibility that he gets a touchdown, too. And if he does, he could put up 17 points week one. That'd yeah. Be pretty great. Um, I like that pick. I think Jonathan Taylor is the rookie of week one.
2: I really think he's not going to take over. Like That's why I'm considering Marlon Mack, but you're scaring me.
0: (laughs) I just think he's so talented, and people forget just the level of talent that he is coming into. Catching, he's not on Saquon's level. But rushing, he's on Saquon's level, dude. He's that good as a rusher. And behind that old line against one of the worst rushing defenses in the league, a team that you assume is going to be playing with a lead, I just think all those things together – all it takes is for Jonathan Taylor to get one big run and then he's the hot hand and they're going to run the hot hand. So I think there's a real opportunity for him to, uh, my concern is like, I really was battling like, do I start Jonathan Taylor and take the risk? But I decided again, because I'm playing Amarish, I have to go with the highest possible upside. And to me, that's Will Fuller. Um, It's more risky because I also think it's the highest possibility that he completely doesn't show up or he gets injured on the first play. Um, but whatever, I'm I'm going with it and we'll see how the strategy works. But what's, what's nice is that I will know if I'm going to lose or win my matchup by Thursday night. So that'll be exciting. (laughs) Uh, also, so
2: even a sneakier pick, I think would be not because I don't think he's going to have a workload week one. Right. But there's a very strong possibility that AJ Dillon steals two touchdowns from like the two yard line. From Aaron Jones.
0: I'm interested to see that role as well, because honestly, um, to, there's, there's three reasons. The first reason, you know, I just, with all the changes that they've made, I don't know if they're going to just give the ball to Aaron Jones like last year. And the other two reasons are AJ Dillon's thighs.
1: Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah.
0: That one picture put him on uh, my draft board. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't think after I saw Saquon I didn't think that thighs could be bigger than that and then I saw AJ Dillon's I was like what the fuck yeah. is creature like this is a genetically modified human being <laughs> GMH yeah,
1: yeah could be. that's something shit.
0: alright fellas you got any final words for the pod today?
1: Zeke is going to get me that championship um I have two solid running backs. I have a flex. Those two running backs and that flex, I can play every single week. I don't have to worry about what the fuck I'm doing every single week. Set receiver wise, okay, uh, might want to play around with it. But you know what? My team as a whole is fucking solid. I'm gonna kick your ass every single week without with minor tweaks. Don't ask me fucking trades because you're not getting shit from me. This is how fucking good I'm gonna be fucking doing. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for giving me the championship this year. Thank you. Thank you all.
0: Can't believe we have football already.
1: Yeah.
0: That's, I mean, again, what a difference between you two guys' responses. Lionel, (laughs) you are really something else. You are really something else. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Good luck this week. Good luck on your week one matchups. And uh, thank God football's back. Fuck yeah. Peace. Football.